guys, Princess here. Welcome to another episode of Bye Pumpkin. A bitch is tired. <laughs> Very tired. Um, but before but you know, I gotta do a podcast. I have a podcast, you gotta show up to the podcast. You can't, you know, it, it, you gotta keep showing up to the podcast. That's you can't have a podcast if you're not gonna show up to the podcast. Which is why oftentimes I see these celebrities starting podcasts and I'm like, girl, do you know you gotta keep doing it? Like every week? Like even if you don't want to, even if you're tired. Even if you want to play Breath of the Wild and like go to sleep, you still need to put, you just still need to do your podcast. Did you know that? You didn't know that? Well, you're going to find that out. <laughs> I am fortunate though, because I like my podcast and it's not, I don't usually have to scrounge for things to talk about, but I, a lot of times when I see celebrities starting podcasts and they're like, I'm going to do a podcast about, and it'll be like the most, the, the like the most narrow topic. And I'm like, okay, but you got to do that every week, bro. Every fucking week. If you're going to do one recording and just like put that out and not do anything else, that's called a voice memo. A podcast implies that you're going to keep showing up. What am I talking about? Girl, I don't know. Let's do some, let's do some show business. Okay. Some business with the show. Guys, if you are not a member of the Patreon, you should be. I go over there. I do all these bonus episodes. It's five bucks a month. It's fucking worth it. Um, I recently did a commissioned episode doubling down with Doricos. I didn't know who the Doricos were, but apparently they got a whole bunch of fucking kids and they out there in Vegas and it was very interesting. Uh, kids keep going to the hospital. All kinds of shit was going on. I didn't ask me anything over there. Uh, that's two hours long where I'm answering questions about sex, love, and when to fucking quit. And <laughs> that's over on the Patreon. And starting this week... Patreon members voted, Patreon members get what they want, and they decided that they wanted to get a bonus series of Celebrity Rehab. So, Thursday, or maybe earlier if you guys get your episodes earlier, if I, 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 not if you get your episodes, episodes blah, or maybe earlier if I, like my schedule's weird this week, so I might end up putting it out earlier, we'll see. But... Starting Thursday, we're going to start with Celebrity Rehab, Season 1, Episode 1, okay? It's going to be some dark shit, but you know, my Bob Pumpkin heads love dark shit, so I'm sure we'll have a good time. Um, I also want to remind you guys, you should be giving me a review, a five-star review, okay? Like, do it. Tell people why you keep showing up here listening to this. You keep showing up, don't you? Tell somebody why. And if you have the time follow me at okay then princess on instagram and twitter and follow me at buy pumpkin podcast on instagram i think that's all the information i need to give you guys right i think that's it okay let's get started we're back on mob wives last week i did a bonus episode on um uh drag race all-star season gosh is this six yeah season six um so we took a little break from Mob Wives. Uh, we only have, like, it's going to be like a month, a month and a half of Mob Wives left. We're, we're, we're rounding the corner on this. And after that, I'm going to choose a new season for Bob Pumpkin. I'm still not sure. I really feel like, like, I want to do Charm School. Yeah. But I'm also, like, I'm also thinking a lot about for the love of Ray J, and I'm really thinking a lot of Rock of Love. Rock of Love is actually my favorite of the Of Love series. I don't know why. I just like when a bunch of porn stars and strippers like show up to like compete for a man in a wig. Like I just feel like that is like prime TV. And I, so I don't know where I'm gonna go next season, but I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of what I want to do, and I gotta figure it out. But it's around the corner. Uh, remember, we're going to have Liz on when we talk about Junior's a Rat. We're going to have Liz on. I'm probably going to have a couple of more guests. And we're going to put this Mob Wife shit to bed, okay? But this week, we're going to be doing Season 2, Episode 10. It's called Fire Away. And remember, the last time we saw the girls, they were in the Poconos. Renee was getting into it with that guy in the bar who only had one nut. Remember, she runs out of bar, screaming into a flip phone, Junior, I'm coming home! And I wouldn't be surprised if that was like ADR, to be honest, because I I don't know. I just feel like it would be hard to get her get her her audio on that. However, 
this is the story we're being told. So we gotta so you know, we gotta go what we're going. So while Renee is out in the street yelling, I guess, Karen Ramona and Carla are sitting at the table and they end up talking about their Drita problems anymore. Um and what Karen and Ramona keep saying is that they admire Carla's loyalty. Again, they're talking about her like she's a pit bull they're going to breed. And they're breeding for her best qualities. And one of them is loyalty. And the other one is her long, silky hair. It is very strange the way they talk about her. But it is interesting that anytime you see Karen and Ramona talking about Carla, they are giving her a compliment. So... Um, back at home, Drita is visiting Big Ange after she had some surgery in her neck. I'm not sure what it was. Big Ange is making Drita laugh about the surgery, and Drita starts talking about anger management with her. She says she wants to talk to Karen, get over issues. I don't think you should talk to Karen. I really don't think you should talk to Karen. I don't. I, I feel like whatever's going on with Karen is going on with Karen. Even though, I'll say this, Karen often seems to me very reasonable. You know, except for when she isn't. <laughs> Except for when she's doing the Dougie all through somebody's fucking birthday party, jumping on top of people's backs and shit, uh, screaming at people that uh, she's gonna fucking fight them, and then telling them that I like you. Like, Except for those times, but a lot of times amongst these girls, Karen is will stop and be like, okay, let's not talk about that, or all right, it is what it is. Um, so Carla, the next time we see next scene. Carla's talking to Joe. She's on the phone. She's still in the Pocono. She's calling Joe in the halfway house. And she's telling him what's going on with the bar, how they got in a fight, all of that. And she's asking him when he's going to get out of the halfway house. And he says a couple of days. And that makes her very happy. She's cheesing and shit. And I just wondered, I just wondered, is this like, is this a normal conversation for her and Joe? Or is this something production made her do? Because if this is a normal conversation, this is like... So, if you ever know some Real Housewives of Atlanta, a lot of times they get to the to the place they're having the vacation. They stand up. You know, they, they, they pick the rooms. They argue the fucking rooms. They pick the rooms, whatever. And then everybody calls home. They check in on their babies. They talk to their to their partners and everything. This is a very much like a call to your partner, not to your ex-husband. And I don't know. I I wonder if this is something that Carla was doing at the time or is this something production was like, call Joe and see when he's getting out of, <laughs> almost said rehab, when he's getting out of, um, out of the halfway house. Um, and guess what? Remember last time we saw Renee, she was screaming she's about to go home? Well, she didn't get fucking go. She says she wanted to wait until morning to decide. The truth is, like, they were only in the Poconos. Gosh, two nights and two days. They went, They it seemed like they got there on a Friday night. They spent all day Saturday there, and then they went out that Saturday night, and then they left Sunday morning. That's what it seems like. They weren't there that long. And they got into the fight at the bar on Saturday night, and they were supposed to leave on Sunday. So I'm sure production was like, girl... You're leaving here in nine hours anyway. So sit down. But whatever. She says that the guy had called them fucking bitches. And, you know, Karen's like, I didn't hear that. Nobody else heard it. She was like, I heard it. And security heard it. And I was like, okay. I don't. Far be it from me to say a bouncer would be lying. But I just feel like they didn't hear it. I feel like that. I feel like. Renee was screaming that he said that to them and they were like, okay, he's got to go. You can't be up in here starting shit. I don't feel like they were like, yeah, and I heard her say, <laughs> I heard him say fucking bitch too. <laughs> I don't know. Um, You know, Karen says that Renee, you don't, you, you, if you can laugh off things like this, you should because you don't call the men, she says our men, but you know, Karen ain't got no man. Um, I said that like, I, I said, <laughs> I said that like I really value somebody having a man. I, I don't, but I'm I'm just saying like she doesn't. She there's no one she's gonna call. But um, like but she's like we don't call the men because you know how they get in these situations. And I agree. And Junior's fucking up. Junior's a felon. Junior's out on bail. Like stop calling Junior places to get so he can get arrested. I I don't. I don't know. I I find this to be. 
I've been, I've like been friends with girls who would, who like, anytime someone looked at them funny, they'd be like calling their man. And if he didn't come up there and beat somebody up, it'd be a problem. And I'd just be like, well, we could just leave. Like in the time it takes you to call him to come up here and fight people, we could just go to a different bar. It, I don't get it. I, I, I think it makes Renee look weak to me. To me, it makes Renee look weak. But fine. Um, I, I just, the dude was drunk. I don't think it was that serious. You got a camera in, in a fucking place called Shenanigans. Never go to a place called Shenanigans because it's going to be stunts and shows, baby. And, I don't know. I, I, I agree with Karen on this. Um, so it's the last day in the Poconos and they decide to go shooting. And I'm going to just put this out here. The last thing Renee needs is a fucking gun. Renee it has a temper. I'm not, nobody should have guns. That's not my stance in life. I just, I don't think, most of the people I know need any guns. That's all I'm saying. My husband would beg to differ, but I know, God damn it, I don't need a gun because I have a temper. And I don't want to shoot people. I don't want to shoot. So I don't want to get in a fight with my husband and shoot him and then be like, damn, now he's dead. I don't want to do that. So, like, I just, for me, I just don't, I, I leave guns alone. And I think Renee should also leave guns alone. She's, she's too emotional. She want to shoot people up. It's too much. But, you know, she's super fucking excited, you know, because she thinks she's, like, Bugsy Malone or some shit. Is Bugsy Malone a person? Is that a person that plays basketball? Is No, that's Carl Malone? I don't Is Bugsy Malone a gangster? <laughs> I don't fucking know. But she thinks she's somebody. Uh, Karen says the first time she saw a gun was when she was six years old. It was under her, um, her father's mattress. And she thought it was a gun that he brought back from Vietnam. <laughs> She's sick. She was an idiot. <laughs> so, um, I do think that, like, how fucking dangerous that is. Thank God she put the fucking mattress, you know, she put the mattress down and left it there and didn't grab the bitch and pull and, like, yank on it or some shit. Ugh. That's a fucking... That's a fucking tragedy in the making right there. You know what it reminds me of? I recently rewatched. um... Six Feet Under. Yeah, I watched it from beginning to end. And yeah, uh, it reminds me of Gabe and his little brother. Um, anyway, they go, they, you know, they go out to the, to do some shooting with some dudes that have a bunch of guns in a van. That seems to do the shit. That seems fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, she just talks, she's talking, Renee's talking so much shit. She done made a, uh, a target with a face on it. And I don't remember who she was supposed to be the face. Was it Junior's ex, the one with the, the hairdresser? Or was it uh, or was it supposed to be Drita? I don't know. She she made a dumb drawing of a face to put on there. And then started shooting at it and missing. <laughs> Talking all this shit and cannot handle a gun. She finally gets a gun. They, she keeps switching guns. She finally gets one and actually shoots and is like, I got her. <laughs> so at least I'll tell you what, at least if Renee doesn't need a gun, at least when I know she's a bad fucking shot. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, then they all head back to Staten Island. And they're all fucking happy. And I will be too. This is not a luxury trip. This is not the Beverly Hills girls going to Europe. This is not what this fucking is. This is, uh, a cabin rental in the fucking Poconos that looked really, I don't know, it looked, it smelled bad. <laughs> and then you guys went to shenanigans. I don't know, it just seemed, it doesn't seem like a, a trip to me. I'd be thrilled to be going home. So, um, back in Staten Island, Drita's going to be a model for her cousin's wife's swim line. She called and asked, she, she called and goes, Drita, are you still modeling? And I laughed so fucking hard. And Drita's like, yes, I am. Okay, Drita. <laughs> and it's called House of Jackie B. I searched it, and the first thing that came up was an article on a blog in 2012 about Drita modeling for it, and that's it. I haven't tweeted since 2013, so I'm guessing it's safe to say that the House of Jackie B is dead. Um, so, but Drita's going to model, and in case anybody wondered, her measurements are 34D, 25, 34. I don't, I don't know. Is that supposed to be good? I'm not sure. 
Um, Renee, when Renee gets back home, her junior AJ and his girlfriend go out to eat. I think the girlfriend's name is Allie. And I see her and they're all going out to eat at this restaurant that her dad used to like to go to. And I'm like, is this the one that put AJ in an emotional twist? Remember when I, back a few episodes ago when AJ got into an emotional twist because apparently he's having sex for the first time and his body is hurt, is his body and mind are disconnected and it made him all wild and him kicking some doors at the house, right? Is that? I'm unsure, but Allie says that she, uh, that she, you know, loves Renee's dad. They've been spending a lot of time together and that makes Renee happy. Um, they've been dating for four months and Renee asked them how long they've been dating and Junior's the one that goes four months. I'm like, oh, both Renee and I go, oh, you know, Junior, okay. And, you know, Renee says she's a part of the family and she tells them that we're part of family and she's so happy AJ has someone good in his corner. And I'm like, after four months? And I'm, I'm assuming this is a new girlfriend. It has to be a new girl. It can't be the last one with the emotional twist because I don't know, will Renee be saying that? Four months is a short time. My stepkid is always being like, you need to get to know um, the love of my life who I've known for three and a half weeks and they're going to be a very important part of my life. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. Let me get their name tattooed on my fucking forehead. No, they're not going to be here soon, okay? This is, you don't know that you, you you've had a million boyfriends, okay? <laughs> so fucking funny. Um... And it's not like I'm downplaying the relationship because the relationship, you know, if you're 19 and you're in a relationship, the relationship is the relationship, you know, you know, you feel things just as intensely as as a much older person. Just just because the stakes are a little lower doesn't mean that you don't feel in the same way. So I try to show respect and everything. But I'm also like, I'm not getting involved in this because you're not even going to know this person in 10 years at all, at all. Um, so I can't imagine like one of my kids like being dating someone for four months and being like, you're a part of the family. I'm going to be like, what's your name again, honey? (laughs) I'll learn it eventually, but not, not the four months. How are these kids? No. And the next scene, Renee is trying to talk. There's like, it's almost a throwaway scene, but Renee's trying to talk to AJ about getting someone pregnant. Why? AJ's like 17, yeah? I don't understand why you'd be having this conversation with AJ when he's already 17. And on camera, he's really upset. He's really upset. It. I think the reason I don't like it is because it feels humiliating to AJ. Um, she's yelling about how one in three teenagers will get pregnant. And then she's explaining the difference. Is that true? 33% of teenagers get pregnant? Even in 2012, was that true? Um, she's trying to explain to him the difference between latex and lambskin. AJ is screaming that he's not having sex. I don't know. I don't believe AJ, but whatever. Renee is saying that he needs to pass his info to his friends then. And I'm like, <laughs> so what? AJ's supposed, supposed to go to school on Monday and be like, listen, guys, you know me. I'm not having sex. But my mom wanted me to tell you guys about the difference between lambskin and latex. <laughs> alone leave him alone okay you should have been had this conversation with him you should be providing him with condoms regardless of if he says he's having sex you should be giving him condoms and you should you and even if you do need to you feel like you do need to continue to speak about this and that's fine if i mean i feel like open communication is great but even (laughs) pinning him down to scream at him about it while cameras here is not he's humiliated <laughs> and i would be too i'd be like god jesus christ um you know he ends up getting up and running around the house to get away from her and renee's chasing him around the house they're laughing <laughs> so it wasn't bad it wasn't it wasn't like i felt like she was gonna do something to him they seem to be laughing and he's like running from his fucking old ass mom in the house <laughs> he's actually getting out of breath <laughs> Running from her because he doesn't want her to say lambskin again. <laughs> I don't want to hear it either, AJ. I don't want to either. 
I talk to my kids about sex. Um, I've been talking to my older boys about um, not just sex, but more like uh, body things. Um, and I would leave it to their father to talk to them about it, but he's not good at talking. And I heard him trying to have a conversation with Turtle one day, and I was like, oh, God, I don't want you to learn. He don't know nothing about sex. Don't listen to him. <laughs> but I was in their room one night, and I was trying to explain, like, I was trying to talk about erections. And me and Cheeks were talking. Cheeks was laughing a lot, but we were having this conversation about erections and stuff. And Turtle is on the bunk bed. Cheeks is on the bottom, Turtle's on top. And I'm like sitting down there talking to Cheeks and he's going, these are wild words and like giggling and stuff and telling me names he has for things. And uh, Turtle just starts snoring. And I mean, it was the biggest Bugs Bunny snore and it was like, oh, and I'm like, Turtle, you sleep? And he's like, Oh. <laughs> I was like, bro, you don't have to pretend to be fucking sleep. I'll leave. And he just keeps snoring. I'm like, you don't fucking snore like that. <laughs> and she just like, I think he wants to go to sleep. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm still better than Renee because the kid's not 17 and he's not on camera. <laughs> but he did snore me the fuck out of his room. <laughs> he fake snored me out of his room to stop saying the word erection cute <laughs> um so next we see Ramona she's at Karen's house and she's talking about how her kids want to see her boyfriend in jail particularly I think her name's Melina Melina Melinia I don't know Melina Melina Melina's her name and um Ramona doesn't know if she wants to take Melina and Karen says she's been there several times, both to see her own father when she was a kid, and then also to see, to take Karina to see her father. She says that Karina, you know, when Ramona's asking about, like, whether that causes anxiety in kids and stuff, she's like, listen, Karina had a gun pointed in her face while the cops busted in to arrest her father. That caused anxiety. And being able to see that he's okay, even though he's, you know, locked up, that made her feel better about the whole situation. Um, taking her to the jail wasn't that big of a deal, and it gave her some peace. And Karen thinks that Ramona should take um, Melina. And I'm on the fence. So, like, I've talked about this. My birth father has been in prison for, let's say I'm 41. 40 and a half years, maybe 40 and a quarter. Um, and I started visiting him when I was eight years old. Um, my parents, my mother and my birth father got divorced. Um, but they didn't get divorced. So my mother's ready to get married again. So even though they're, they have not been together since maybe I've been home from the hospital for two months, maybe. And you know, cause I was two months old. But um, they didn't get divorced until I was maybe seven-ish. And so my mother could marry my stepfather. And at that point, throughout the divorce proceedings, um, some members of my birth father's family were just making noise about possibly um, trying to get like some some custodial rights to me um which would be ridiculous like like what the fuck there's no way there's no way but my mom at the time was worried about that and she decided that and her lawyer had advised her to try to make sure that that she kept the door open between me and my birth father so that um that's an argument she can make in court that he is seeing. She is seeing his part of the family. She is seeing him. And so I started visiting him in prison from the time I was about eight years old on. And my mother, who's been, that's her ex-husband, took me quite frequently until I was old enough to drive, to go on my own. So I was 18. I had to have an adult with me. Um, and don't, like, don't give my mother too much credit. It is very much like 
to him, she's the one that got away. So she got to, you know, put on her makeup and go up to the jail and be like, hey, what's going on? Me? I'm doing great. I'm remarried. I'm not in jail. <laughs> like, she, it, it was very nice. She got her ego boost. I mean, it did take time and money, but she got her ego boost every time she did it. But I am grateful for it because I would not know my birth father regardless. Even though he's not, like, exactly a parent in my life. I wouldn't know him if it wasn't for my mother doing that and making sure that even if it was twice a year sometimes that I did see him and he could call the house and I, she would mail letters to him for me. And it was, you know, so like, it's not like I'm anti like visiting prison. Cause I've done it since I was a young kid. I've always been patted down, often had dogs search me. That makes it sound like the dogs are patting me down. I mean, like, they have the dogs coming, you know, make sure you're not bringing drugs in. Um, drug dogs, whatever. I've seen people be arrested there. I've, I mean, I got my first period in prison. Um, it's, uh, on, I don't know if I talked about this. At orientation at college, Somebody else was bringing their son. He and he recognized me because he's a guard at the prison my father was in, and I look like my father very much so. And I'd been going there. I'd seen this man a million times. He recognized me in orientation. So like, like it's it's always been a part of my life. I haven't seen him in a while because I haven't been back to Virginia in a while. And when I go to Virginia, my mother is nice enough to drive me four hours or is it five hours? to see him in prison, just so I can go. He doesn't get business unless I go. Um, so she's for, she's nice enough to do that for me, but I haven't been back to Virginia in a while. And um, so like, it's not like I'm like, oh, never take a child to prison, blah, 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 blah. It actually wasn't that bad. It, was, it wasn't terrible. Um, but I do have questions about it because this is not Molina's father. And... I just find it like that was Karina's father. She and she was there when he'd been arrested and there were guns and people were screaming and stuff. And she like Karen, I thought that made a lot of sense. Karen saying that like she just wanted to see that he was still OK. And I can understand Melina wanting that, too. I just I just. I worry about. I always am a little worried when a single mother allows her children to be attached to non-permanent men in their lives. And I understand that you don't always know who's permanent and who's not. I get that. But I just, I will be so protective of my kids being like attached to this man. Especially, I know what this man does. Ramona can say whatever she wants. She knows what, she knows what it is. And... I mean, she doesn't know details, but she knows what it is. And I'm just like, I wouldn't want my kids to, like, lean on him. And Poofy's fucking gone. I don't know. I just find, and, and I just feel like taking him to go to the prison to see him, I'm like, okay. What if he doesn't come out of there? So, you know what? You're not going to take Melina every, every month to go see her not daddy? What are you doing? I don't know. I, I, I understand that might come off harsh to some people, but I just, I'm thinking long-term and I'm like, okay, so what, what do we, where do we go from here? Well, where Drita and Carla go is bowling. <laughs> and there Carla tells Drita about the Poconos. She asks, Drita says, did you have any conversation about me? But the way she says it makes it sound like they had their own, they already talked about this. And good. I, Carla's being a good friend for once. Because again, I would have told Drita immediately, like, by the way, your name did come up. And basically, you know, Ramona said you're lying and it looks like Renee believes her. So be on the lookout for that shit. And that's how I would have left it. I, I don't need to do anything more than that. Um, but you know, they go over it again and Drita says that she didn't go out of her way to say that to, she didn't, she, 
Drita says that she did not go out of her way to talk to say this to Ramona. I mean, to Renee, because she's not a rat like that. She doesn't like tell tales like that. And Renee asked her about it. Now, Drita's right and wrong on that. Like, she she is, like, Renee did ask her. It wasn't Drita going on to be like, I heard this about Ramona. But, Drita, didn't you say this to Renee's sister-in-law? So did you not think it was going to get back to Renee? What's going on there? Um... Carla tells her about Renee flipping out and Drita's like, okay, well, Renee's going to have to flip out in front of me because that's not how she's brought it to me so far. Um, Carla brings up a good point. They keep saying that Drita molds Carla's mind, but Renee's the one that changes her mind depending on who she's with based on people she's talking to. She flips so fucking hard in the Poconos. And Drita says that when she knew Ramona back then, Ramona had a nose in the air. She was a rich, spoiled bitch. That, that's interesting because when she's talking about knowing Ramona, she's talking about back when she was friends with Karen. And that's back right after, all, like, early 20s and shit like that. They're in their 20s. And Karen's dating Lee and Drita's one of her in her friend circle. And Ramona's her play cousin, so she's in her friend circle too. So why was Ramona a rich, spoiled bitch then? Is, is, it, is her family well off? What's Is that what it is? Um... But what Drita goes on to say is that Ramona wasn't a fighter and Drita wants to know why she's pretending to be one now. She says Ramona has has caused nothing but trouble in her life and she wants her out of it. So then we see Drita going to Big Angie's house because she's heated about stuff. She says that Big Angie's super positive and she's always laughing. This is why I like Big Angie. I know people are like, Princess, why do you like Big Angie? She's such a non-motherfucking factor. And she is. But all her scenes are her being funny. Her la- making pe- making Drita laugh about her surgery, thing, saying she thought she was going to die and shit. Now they're getting spray tanned together. And, you know, Big Ange says Drita's going to look nice and hot. And that Big Ange is going to look like an old douchebag. <laughs> like, she just says shit like that. That's why I like her. I think she'd be fun to hang around. Um, Big Ange takes off her clothes. And this bitch is smuggling two beach balls in her uh, bikini top. Now, she is 51 years old, and she is wearing a bikini, so kudos to her. But Big Ange has a porn star body. And so you understand what I'm trying to say by that. Um, gosh, I don't know how long ago it was, but remember I did that True Life series? It was on the Patreon, though, um, where I just did selected True Life episodes, and one of them was a woman who had, like, triple X breasts. Like, the breasts were super huge, but she was like, I'm a mom. And she's like reading fucking one fish, two fish, three fish, blue fish to fucking kids. And these big ass tits are like smothering the children and shit. I, I'm going to say the same thing I said then. Once you have like plastic surgery is one thing, you know, fillers and a nip and a tuck here. But once you start having extreme modification where you have these huge knockers and shit like that, you are entering porn star body. There is nothing you can do for a living except be a porn star at a certain point because you have modified your body to a certain extent now, you know, or be a reality TV star. But those big ass boobs, Renee, I'm Renee, uh, Big Ange is knocking on porn star territory. Um, you know, they pull down their suits at one point, not all the way down, but like they move their, like the string on the side of their bikini bottoms. They are tan so fucking dark. They look like they're about to enter the, the Mr. Universe pageant. You know, how no bodybuilders be putting that shit on them to make it look like, I don't know, Rachel Dolezal. They, they, they was dark, baby. And as a rule, I don't understand tanning at all. It's because I'm a black person. Just seems... I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I just feel like uh, you are probably a lovely a crew color a lovely off white beige color and it's probably beautiful and there's no need to like either lay in the sun and cook yourself till you're darker or spray chemicals on your body until you're darker I just don't get it I don't get people skin lightening either I just don't understand I don't understand a lot of things like hair extensions and even color contacts that I don't like can be changed you can flip you can pop them right back out and change but I, I don't know. Changing skin color, even temporarily, is difficult for me to go to to, to understand. 
too i <laughs> i have lots of questions about tan especially like tanning bed tanning like are you naked in there is it how sanitized is that because it wasn't the last person naked in there and how long do you stay in there i love the white girl once who had like a a membership card and I was like so what do you do and she's like I just go you know whenever I feel like I need a glow and I was like okay and and then what do you do with your new brown skin what do you do I it's it's difficult for me to understand I'm sure some of the stuff I talk about on this podcast on Twitter whatever is difficult for white people to understand I but I'm just telling you that's like a blind spot in my understanding of life is laying somewhere while something cooks you or spraying chemicals on you so you could be golden i guess um okay <laughs> but uh they seemed happy and i'm always happy to see big Ange, so it's fine and we check back in with ramona and her daughter after they visit prison at this point they visited she's taking them out to eat and melina is saying that it was depressing and sad and she starts crying at the table and ramona's like Telling her not to cry, but like, what the fuck? What else is she supposed to fucking do? It's sad. And I bet you none of you have any answers, like, because there are no answers. He, he, it looks like he's not getting bail or the bail's too high. It looks like you don't have a lot of answers about what the charges are going to be. Federal cases like that take a long time to go to trial. He could be in prison for like a fucking year waiting for fucking trial, man. I. She tells her kid that her boyfriend loves her and she and Melina says, I love him too. And she asked Melina if she was scared going in. And Melina says, yeah. But also again, why wouldn't you be? When you go visit someone in prison, especially as a child, you're there. first of all, there are lots of people there with guns riding up to the bitch. There's like razor wire and shit and all these signs saying, bitch, you will be prosecuted. Don't be trying to bring no drugs up in here. Don't be trying to get buck up in here. Your ass is going to jail. I used to have such anxiety as a child. Whenever we would go on base, I would be checking people's seatbelts. I had like night terrors that my dad wasn't wearing a seatbelt and the MPs pulled him out of the car and beat him and took him to prison. I, I don't know why, I just did. I'd be so worried. Now imagine you're Melina. All this shit's going on. Now you're going over to the prison. There's all these fucking... There's, it's, it's, it, it's a hostile place. There's all these people with guns. They're asking to go through detectors. By the way, if you're wearing a bra with underwire, you got to take that bitch off. But then maybe you can't go in because you can't just be flapping titties around when you go into prison. Like all kinds of shit. Um, they're also going... He's not sentenced. So... He's not in prison. He might be in jail, which means, and the difference is in prison, there's more freedom to walk around because of the, um, just the security status of it. Um, there's less in and out in prisons. So they, they'll have visiting rooms where you can sit with, with your loved one and, uh, buy shit from the stickers, from the, uh, vending machines and, and their games to play and stuff. Those are the, that's the environment in which I visited my birth father. And, jail because there's a lot of in and out because you're going back and forth to court you're held there for court stuff or if you have very if you have like um limited time so like if you I, I it really depends but i but if you're like doing two years you'll do it in jail instead of prison it just really depends on where you are though i sometimes i i keep recommending this but netflix has a doc maybe i should do something on it it's a docuseries called jailbirds and some of those people have seven years, but they're in a jail. In, um, but the important part about to remember between jail and prison is that jail is usually convenient to court because they will be ferrying people back and forth to court, to arraignments, to uh, your actual trial, to sentencings. You're in jail for that. And then once you're sentenced and, you, and you've got the time, if it's significant time, they're going to move you to a prison where it's no in and out. So because there's no, there's much more, there's bigger security concerns at a jail. When you go in, you don't touch the person. You're talking on a filthy fucking phone through a filthy uh, plexiglass thing. And I just don't, I'm sure Melina was terrified. I'm sure she was. And... 
I don't know how much peace that brought her. I, I feel like she could have got the same peace talking to him on the phone from home. Um, Ramona says it brings back memories of her going to jail to see her grandfather and having to be pulled off of Well, she was in prison if she was touching him. Um, having to be pulled off of him when it was time to go home. And she breaks it down. She says her kids don't have a father anymore because they're not with their... She's not with her husband and her husband isn't like left their lives. And they don't have a grandfather because Ramona's father disowned her for marrying an Arab. Again, I'd like to know more about what he actually is as opposed to just the word Arab, but okay. And so they don't have a great relationship with their father. Their grandfather's out of their life. And now this other man has, has been picked up and, and who knows what would have happened. This is what I mean. This is the reason I would have never brought him around. They, they have nothing but people who just don't come back anymore. If I, if I were single, I'd be so fucking careful. Well, who gets to, to even look at me? First of all, if you if you show any kind of special attention to my kids, you'll never see them a fucking again. My neighbor, who I like a lot, cries every time she sees Bunny. I think it's because she has three sons and she really wants a daughter. She loves Bunny to death. And it makes me never want, I never leave Bunny around her. Because I'm getting real strong kidnap vibes from her. And I just, I hate it. And so, <laughs> but that, that's just me being extreme. I understand that part, but that's how I feel. Like whenever they're like, Mr. David at the YMCA said, we can, we can watch videos on his phone. I'm like, who the fuck is Mr. David? Well, hold, hold up. He ain't asked you to go out to his car, did he? What's he saying to you? What happened then? What kind of videos was it? Like, I, I am very nervous about this type of shit. And I understand, like, I logically understand and most time children are hurt, they're hurt by someone they know, family, family, friends, that type of stuff. But these are people they know. These are not strangers. These are not, these are not people who rode up on the street. These are people they know. I, I'm very concerned. Whatever logical shit I know doesn't matter because I have to do everything I fucking can to make sure nothing happens to my kids. So yeah, if you are like eyeballing my kids and bringing a one kid special presence and stuff like that, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What's, what, what's up? If, if somebody at my job asks about my kids, I'm like, what, what do you want to know about that? What, what, you plotting on them? What you doing? Don't ask about my fucking kids. <laughs> I'm trying to keep them safe. So already I'm nervous. But in less bonker shit, okay? In less bonker shit, remember, like, my kids have been through all this stuff. They're back. You, you know, brought them from Dubai. They're back here in Staten Island. I'm sure they're not living anywhere near the standard of living they were living there. Their father's no longer speaking to them. You're, it's crazy with your family. And now you bring this dude in their life. And this motherfucker gets picked up. And, and now they're just... And, it, and Ramona's like, well, this is like mirroring, mirroring my life. I'm like, well, that's a problem. Because was it good? Was it great when you were in there, like, seeing your grandfather, who you didn't even know was, like, a part of the mafia or anything like that? You thought, I don't know what you thought your grandfather did, but it's not like with Karen sort of thing, where Karen was, like, where Karen had an idea about her dad most of her life. It's not like that. It's more like, you know, surprise. I don't know. I feel bad for Melina. I really do. And I wish Ramona were more protective of her kids. <laughs> it's just too much. Um, They do a short scene with Drita's photo shoot. She looks horrific, guys. That bathing suit. Those ear. She looks bad. And not bad in a good way. She, just, she looks bad. She looks trashy. I'm sure it's cute to somebody, but she looks bad. And I'm just going to say there's a reason these swimsuits are not still in production. So Ramona, Renee ends up going to Ramona's house. She doesn't even ring the bell. She just goes in. My in-laws do this to me. That stresses me out. Announce yourselves, bitches. Announce yourself and wait for me to tell you to come in. Don't just show, don't just let me turn around the kitchen. Your ass is in my house. This is why I keep my doors locked. And also I have an alarm system. So anytime a door opens, it goes beep, beep. So I know, like if a door opens, I fucking know. But don't just go in someone's fucking house. <laughs> Um, I can't believe I'm sitting here arguing about this, knowing that they're in production and production was probably like, come on in Renee. 
Um, so Drita has sent an email to Renee's Blackberry about the whole situation. And it's basically saying, I'm telling the truth and I will say it in front of Ramona and I'll tear her to fucking pieces. And Renee says that she just, she just played it smart and kept her mouth shut and just emailed back. I'm just trying to find the truth. What does that even mean, Renee? What does that mean? Like, Drita already knows that you know about this. You guys had a conversation. And you asked Drita, we should talk about it in front of Ramona. And then your ass got drunk in the fucking Poconos crying about this hairdresser that Junior's still trying to find and blurted this shit out. And it's not going to resolve anything. They're both going to say the other one's lying. And I mean, if you wanted to get it resolved, I mean, I guess you could do it while they're both in the same room. But again, they're just going to say they're lying. Somebody's going to jump across the table to somebody. I I don't like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, Renee is not a bad bitch. She just isn't. She talks a big game, but she can't shoot. And she cries a lot. And, she's, and, and, and she doesn't confront people. So instead, she's going to go over there and read this fucking email to, Ren, to Ramona and Ramona says, listen, Drita's lied about everything. She says Drita has said that, Drita said it's because she wanted to put dirty laundry in the street. What? So when, when Ramona starts saying that Drita's fake and phony for putting dirty laundry in the street, I'm like, okay, but it's only dirty laundry if you actually said it. So if you actually said it, if you didn't say it, she's a liar. If you did say it, then you, she's putting dirty laundry in the street. What is that? What? And then she says that, that she says that she wants to fight Drita. And if Drita does real damage to her, it's not going to end there. Drita better leave the country and better go back from where she came from. I'm going to be honest. That go back to where you came from sounded real. Mm, <laughs> get out of my country. That's what it sounded like. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think Drita just has the right to be here just as much as anybody else. Um, and also that sounds like some real bitch ass shit because what are you saying that if Drita and you come to blows and Drita does some damage, Drita fucks you up, then what? You going to get somebody else to fuck Drita up? That doesn't seem like the code of the streets. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not on the streets. I don't, I don't know about the streets, but still, um, Renee is shaking during all of this. She's screaming that Car that Carla should have stayed neutral and she's gonna fuck Carla up and calls her a loudmouth bitch. And she says that the she says that in the car right home, she told Carla that if she wanted to keep breathing, she needed to stay neutral. Why isn't this neutral though? Um you're why isn't this neutral? She didn't she told Drita that, hey, they're talking about you. This was said, this was said, so look out. Well, why is this not neutral? Was she supposed to pretend like it didn't happen? I mean, I think Carla's a shitty friend to begin with, to be honest. So, I didn't expect her to go back and tell Drita, but I think it was the right thing to do. And Ramona agrees with me. Ramona says, Ramona says, uh, in the confessional, she says, Carla did what she had to do. And she also says it doesn't really matter because if if Carla told her what she said, she'll say what she said in front of Drita too and smile. And I'm like, right. So what? Why can't Carla tell her? Renee, what's the problem? What did you want to do? What what you do? You wanted to run up on Drita with Ramona and I don't know. Renee's Renee's a fake ass bitch. Okay, <laughs> that's all. she's a fake ass bitch. She pretended to be a lot of shit that she ain't. Um, you know. So next we see Carla and her kids cooking and Joe's on the way to the house because he's officially out of the halfway house. And remember when you're in the halfway house, there's certain places you can't go the, and you gotta be home at a certain time and all these other things. And he couldn't come to their house when he was in the halfway house. So now he can. And, you know, when Joe gets there, they don't film his face. They film him from the back. They film his butt and his back as he's like walking up the stairs to open the door. And they don't film Joe's face until little Joe jumps in his arms and then they film the screen. I was like, oh, fuck, Joe's cute. <laughs> Joe's fucking cute. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying I risk it all for him, but I risk a little something, something for him. He's cute, okay? And I did just watch his butt 
go up the stairs and it was nice too. I don't know. Maybe I'm in the mood. I don't know. But Joe's cute. And I can see how Joe and Carla made a fucking cute ass couple. Like if they, you know, want to put some videos on OnlyFans, I pay $15 a month to see it. I mean, if it, if it was consensual and they knew they were, I, I you know, I, I, I have $15. I could, I could do one month maybe. <laughs> fucking cute as hell. So he's going around the house. He's like saying that it held up good in six years. He's been in prison. I haven't seen Carla's house except for like her kitchen counter and shit. And Carla's house was like, looks like the cheesecake factory too. Maybe this was the style. It's ugly. Um, and I love the Cheesecake Factory. They have those avocado rolls, egg rolls. Bitch, sometimes I'm really, like, having a bad day. And I just order it for pickup and I go get the avocado rolls. Mm. <laughs> so, what I'm saying is Carla's house made me hungry. So, <laughs> so she's going, she shows us this little room. I guess it's an office or something. It has a futon in it. And she's like, yeah, so if you ever need a place to stay, you, you stay right here. And he's laughing. He's like, on the couch. And she's like... Yeah, I mean, we're, y'all not together, yeah. And he's asking her where her stuff is, where his stuff is, and she opens a hall closet, and he's like, oh, man. Like, it's very cute, like, I'm shipping it. And so, so, it's very cute, and he, she's like, what, was I supposed to look at it all the time? This is where your stuff is, his suits and everything. Um, you know, Carla's super happy, guys. She's super happy because she's like made food. The kids are helping. They're all at the table and shit. And she's saying the last time they were all around the table like this, the kids were in high chairs. Because what are her kids? Seven or eight years old? Maybe. And he's been in prison for six years. And so it's like, I can see, like I said, first of all, they make a very nice looking couple. Like, they seem like they go together. Then you got your kids here, and they're all happy to see him. Little Joey is jumping on him over, and, like, he's carrying Joey around the house. Joey's got on, like, his gold figury chain and shit like that. <laughs> and just being held by his daddy. I'm like, yeah, he wants to be held by his fucking daddy. Let him. Let him. He hasn't seen his dad in a long... Well, yeah, he has seen his dad, but, he, you know, his dad hasn't been able to come to the house in a very long time. And, you know, Carla's like, anything can happen. I don't know. Joe could get married to someone else. I could get married to someone else. We get back together. She's looking in the camera. I'm like, oh, girl, you fucked Joe, didn't you? Didn't you? I would. <laughs> I would. He'd have to go back to wherever he's staying. But I would. I'd lay it down. <laughs> but I would not get back together with him because here's the thing, Carla. You left him for a reason. And one of them is that he was so reckless with his life that he left you to raise twins for six years by yourself. And she did a fine job of, she made it through, she survived, she was resilient, all that bullshit. But I don't know, it's very hard to get over. And like I was saying the other day, the other two, maybe two episodes ago, the one thing that Carla has over all these bitches, she didn't stay. Dorita stayed when he went to prison. Renee will stay with anybody. When Renee will meet somebody on the way to prison and stay with them. Uh, fucking Ramona's out here taking kids to visit in jail and shit like that. And Carl was like, no. I'm not going to take them to visit. I'm actually going to lie and tell him he's off, you know, at a war or some shit. I don't forget. What the fuck did she tell him they were, he was at for six years? And... And I'm not going to, I'm going to have boyfriends. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to work out. I'm going to have a whole fucking life. I'm not going to stop because a man that I love took these risks and, and gambled and lost. And I really respect that about Carla. Um, I also understand how it looks like when, when he gets out and he's looking good. <laughs> And you're like, and you see your family together. And the thing about, unlike Lee, Joe doesn't seem like a dick, right? Lee's always talking about how he's going to beat uh, Drita in the fucking head. And Drita says that, she, that he, he proposed to her by giving her a ring and said, put that on your finger. Like, he's, he's like a dick. And he seems like he's always been a dick. But Carla... I don't know, Joe seems personable and happy and casual. He's not giving her shit about stuff. He's not telling her what she should have done. Everything. I mean, in this moment, I don't know what he's like. 
and her kids are fucking happy and they sitting around eating fucking pasta in the cheesecake factory. Why not? <laughs> I see how you get there. I'm glad. I, from my understanding, it doesn't go there, but I'm glad. Um, I talked about this in the bonus episode because someone asked me about this and didn't ask me anything. I still forget who it was, but they're asking me about J-Lo and Ben Affleck. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I don't have any hardcore feelings about it except for that. Ben looks three, day, three days dead in every picture and J-Lo looks golden as always. <laughs> He's always like, uh, like, what am I doing here? And it's annoying because he obviously wants, he's holding her hand. He wants to be there. And I don't know. He doesn't seem good enough for her. And I, I, I he just doesn't. But I want to caution people that are looking at shit like this that are like, hey, they got back together after 20 years apart or 10 or whatever, 15, whatever the fuck it was. Um, her, I think J-Lo's kids are like 12 and 13 years old. They're getting up there. So it's been a while. But uh, don't do this with your ex. <laughs> this doesn't, this is, doesn't work out in real life. Like these are very rich people. J-Lo's buying houses left and right. She's 50 something years old, I believe, and looks a smooth 22. And she's been pretending like it happened. It got that way through tap water and ponds, cold cream. Okay, girl. I mean, she's, she, she, she looks amazing. Amazing. Go back and watch Hustlers again. Such a good fucking movie. And J-Lo looks amazing in it. Um, but you ain't J-Lo, girl. <laughs> You ain't Jayla. And when this don't work out, or if it does work out, if it don't work out, she'll be fine. She'll be fine. It is interesting that all the men we've seen J-Lo with, with the exception of Mark Anthony, and I think Mark Anthony is just not this type of dude. Um, with the exception of every person we've seen J-Lo with has been ecstatic to be with her. All right? Diddy loved J-Lo. Still loves J-Lo. Casper, I'm sure he was happy to get out of a studio apartment that he was sleeping in with five other dudes. <laughs> but he seemed thrilled to be with her. Ben has gone back a second time to be with her. Like, A-Rod, A-Rod was at those, when she was doing performances, A-Rod was out in these streets dancing, t- taking video and shit. He might, as, he might as well be in, been wearing a cheerleading uniform that said, I'm with J-Lo. Like, he's, it seems like these men's be happy to be with this bitch, okay? And I just had a feeling that she's the one that leaves. I think if people say she can't keep a man. I think that they can't keep her. And I just got a feeling that Ben is not good enough for her. I just got a feeling. He also has some substance abuse problems. I don't know the extent of that. I ain't going to get in his business. I'm not someone who's saying that people with drug abuse problems don't need anyone to love them. It should be alone for the rest of them. That's, I don't think that either. But I think... His are unresolved in a lot of ways. And I wonder about that. And I don't think that Jenny from the block really tolerates that type of thing. In fact, I I have no way of knowing this. And I'm probably like making this shit up. But I got a feeling Mark Anthony has some drug abuse shit. I some. Why he always like a ghost? What's going on with him? <laughs> but I don't know, man. I just I but if she likes it, I love it. And I and one thing I do know about Miss Jenny from the block is that when she is done, she will move on. <laughs> she she doesn't have a problem breaking up with people. <laughs> she ain't got no problem. She's out here making it uh TMZ official with Ben Affleck while she's still all over A Rod's Instagram. This bitch be moving. And I appreciate that about her. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't appreciate about her, but but this I appreciate about her. And I like I think she's gonna be fine. She'll always be fine. Uh I don't think you gonna be fine when you get back with that motherfucker you used to work. You he used to work on the he used to work in the back and he used to work at the drive thru at Hardy's and y'all was dating and <laughs> y'all was in love, but then y'all had broke up and now now that you're a grown ass woman you wanna get back to mm I don't think that's gonna work. I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> so, again, celebrities, they're not just like us. They they have whole different... They live in rarefied air, okay? They got options you and I don't have. So, Carla, 
as beautiful as I think you are and as cute as I think you and Joe will be together, and as much as I like to be a fly on the wall when y'all are banging it out, I am going to say, I'm, nope. <laughs> we don't go backwards. We only go forwards. Forwards the only way to go. There's no reverse in this car. <laughs> so, <sighs> anyway, that's it, guys. Next week, uh, Big Ange gets arrested. Uh, Junior writes a note and Renee is crying. So, and I will see you guys then next week. If you want more content, you need more content, you wish that you have more content from me, make sure you join the Patreon. It's patreon.com backslash buy pumpkin. If you don't, that's cool too. But if you want more episodes and you want to hear me talk about a variety of different things, that's where to do it. Love you guys. Toodles.